0: Hello, and welcome to episode 116 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Chuck T. and Sajid I, the newest members of The Modern Manager community. I am so looking forward to chatting with you on Slack and supporting you to further develop your managerial skills. If you are listening and want to get in on our Slack conversations and get access to guest bonuses and episode guides, go to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more about the various membership tiers and various perks. And if you work for a nonprofit or government agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. Today's episode is about dealing with change. The past few months have been extreme times of change. Some of us have settled into a feeling of the new normal and some of us are still sitting with a lot of uncertainty and some of us are still navigating changes every day. And of course, there's everything in between. There are things that we can do to help ourselves and our team members move through the emotional and practical experiences of change. So that's what we'll talk about today. Now let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rockstar boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer stewart Let's start with a mental model that says, change is not an event, but rather the time between a starting point and an ending point. It's the journey between what was and what will be. And that once change is complete, it becomes the new normal. When I first heard this framing, it really stuck with me because it differentiated between external change and internal change. External change is more like a switch. We were going into an office and now we're working from home. It's done. You know, the announcement was made, the change happened. But internally, that change was not so fast and easy. It is a journey to go from working in an office environment where you are comfortable and know the routines, to then working from home and figuring out how to connect with your team members remotely, how to structure your day to be most productive, how to stay active and do self-care when you must maintain physical distancing. That is the work of internal change. At some point, you'll have worked through those things and these internal changes will be normalized and you'll have arrived at point B. Each person's journey will be a different amount of time and will be impacted by various factors. So as we think about the change as an experience, we can support ourselves and our team members to move along more seamlessly, reducing the stress and decreasing the time it takes to arrive at that new normal. Here are a few things to consider that will impact your change experience. I'm going to list them and then we'll dig into each one. Number one, how much say or ownership did you have in making the change? Number two, what is being lost and what is being gained? Number three, where are you along the emotional change curve? Number four, What knowledge, skills, environment, and motivation does success require? Number five, how big or small is the change really? Number six, are you experiencing the change alone or as part of a group? And number seven, what is your individual change tolerance? These are some of the top questions to ask, but of course there are others. But if you attend to these topics or at least a subset of these, you'll be in a good condition to ease that change experience. So starting with number one, How much say or ownership did you have in making the change? It seems so silly, but the same change can be experienced completely differently depending on whether you decide to do it or someone else tells you it's happening. When the change comes from the outside, it feels like it's being thrust on us and most people don't find that appealing. It can bring feelings of helplessness, loss of control, anger or frustration at being excluded or just being caught off guard. For example, think about the idea of returning to an office environment. Regardless of whether you're loving or hating work from home right now, or whether you were working remotely before, imagine for a second how it would feel if someone told you, in two weeks, you need to start going into an office again. You don't get a choice. You don't get a say as to whether it's safe or the health protocols meet your personal standards. You just have to go. Now, imagine you're given the option to go back to work in two weeks and that you choose to go. Either way, you end up back in an office environment, but your emotional experience is likely very different. Even if you were excited to go back regardless, that feeling of excitement might be dampered if you feel like you were forced to return rather than opted into the return. Anytime a change is coming, we can help reduce the stress by including people in the process of determining the change and giving them the chance to opt into it. For example, start with a coalition of the willing who will help role model the transition and work out any kinks. Find ways to create opportunities for people to help shape the change early on. And if the change is required and you don't have a choice, Think about what you can control to help you stay grounded. Number two, what is being lost and what is being gained? Anytime there is a change, even a positive one, it requires us to let go of something in order to gain something. And it's not always clear what's being lost. For example, if you're moving to a shared task or project management software, which everyone's excited about because it will simplify how you collaborate virtually, each person has to let go of the full independence they had over how they managed their tasks previously. It may not seem like a big loss, but for some people, giving up their old process, which they trusted, which worked well for them, or maybe they've just used for years and it's become habitual, that's a big deal. Now they need to develop new habits, learn a new technology, invest energy in something where previously they could run on autopilot. It's helpful to go through that reflection to peel back the layers and explore what is being lost or given up or must be let go of in order to make room for the new. As you identify these losses, give yourself or others time to grieve. Often it's not the newness that is so hard, but accepting that what we used to have or do or be will be gone. On the flip side, what is being gained? Not everyone who goes through the change will experience the same gains. Keeping with our collaboration software example, I, as the manager, may experience big gains in that I know what's going on with my team's workload and I can stay up to date on progress and I no longer have to bother with emailing people to find out what's going on. But that might not be important to the rest of my team members. Maybe some of them will experience the gain of not having to write status reports to keep me in the loop or not be annoyed by all my emails to check in and see where things stand. Those are the folks who will enjoy the greater freedom that comes with more transparent accountability. But there may be other team members who don't experience that as a gain. They were happy with how things were before and they don't see the benefits of trading their old process for this new one. When thinking about what is being gained, it's important to think through from each person's unique position and be more nuanced than abroad. We'll all benefit from this in the end. That way, when you talk with each person, you can share the what's in it for me in a way that actually resonates. Number three, where are you along the emotional change curve? So this one is a question you have to ask yourself and others a few times during the change journey. Researcher Elizabeth Kubler-Ross developed the emotional change curve that depicts stages of grief and acceptance. In short, they are shock, as the initial surprise of change is announced. Then denial or disbelief, which often comes with the search for evidence that the change won't really happen or won't stick. Then frustration at seeing and feeling that things are different, which is often accompanied by anger. That is followed by depression or low mood and a lack of energy. And for some, that may include pushing back against the change. And then it starts to shift as reality sets in. We have experimentation, the beginning to engage with the new reality productively. Then decision, when it's clear that going back isn't an option, so we invest in making it work and being successful in the new system. And then finally, integration, where this is now the new normal. Don't worry about remembering all those phases. You can Google emotional change curve to find it or get this week's mini guide, which includes the model and tips to help you move through each phase. The point is that depending on where someone is on the change curve, they're experiencing different emotions and therefore need different types of support, encouragement, or motivation. And I've made an alternative version, which is part of the mini guide also. And that is when you choose the change and the initial two phases of shock and denial are replaced with enthusiasm or excitement for what is coming followed by honeymoon, where it's working and the effort doesn't feel so effortful because it's like you're running on adrenaline. But then it gets tiring and the reality of the change starts to set in and you fall into the more traditional pattern of frustration and depression, and then experimentation, decision, and ending with integration, of course. So even when you're bought into the change, it's not emotional smooth sailing. Checking in with yourself or others along the way and putting your emotional state in context can help make it easier. Even simple things like how you talk to yourself about what your emotional experience is and normalizing that I'm feeling frustrated right now, but that is part of the change process can make it easier for you to move through it. Finding where people are on this emotional change curve also helps reduce the chances of getting stuck in the frustration or depression stages and then giving up or going back just before turning the corner. This is especially true for changes that require ongoing commitment to be successful, like using a new process or software or forming a new habit. That's different from your desk being moved to a new location in an office or getting a new boss. All right, number four, what knowledge, skills, environment, and motivation does success require? Change is never as simple or as contained as we want it to be. Even small changes can require major shifts in us. What we think or know, what skills we need or rely on, And our environment plays a significant role in how easy or hard it is for us to integrate a change. And many times we give up because we're in those down moments of the emotional change curve, missing a whole bunch of support or experiencing a lot of roadblocks, and we lack the motivation, which side note, we should not be relying on motivation to make change succeed. It does play a role, so we do need to pay attention to it, but it is not the center. Here's an example, which I see all the time with managers. They want to improve their meetings. So they read my book or attend a training or read my blog, and then they decide to use an agenda to help plan their meetings more productively. Great, all of you should be using agendas. But what typically happens is that a few days or weeks in, they get busy, they forget one time. Suddenly they're back to their old way of preparing for meetings, or maybe they've kept one or two ideas, but not the whole thing. When I break this down, what it comes to is, of course, the manager needed some knowledge, so they went out and got it. They needed some skill, which they started to build every time that they planned their agendas. Then they needed motivation to apply what they learned, which they had initially, but then it dissipated. And there was no change in their environment, which is probably one of the main contributors to the disappearing motivation. Writing an agenda is not so hard, but it can feel like a bunch of extra steps when you have to schedule the event in your calendar and then leave your calendar, find the agenda template, fill it out, create an email to send to the team. But what if instead, when you opened your calendar event, the agenda template was already there? Or at a minimum, there was a button to click that opened the template and automatically attached it to the event and sent it to everyone on the invite. Suddenly, the environment, even though it's a digital one, was a huge component of the change process. Without adjusting the environment, the change journey wasn't completed. As you or your colleagues are on that change journey, Consider what knowledge, skills, environment, and motivation are needed and how you can support or align those so they make it easier and faster to arrive at the new normal and harder to revert backwards to the old way. Sometimes you need to be in the change to figure out what's needed most. So take time to pause and reflect, not just at the beginning, but along the way. Also, you can check out the show notes where I've listed a few of my favorite agenda tools that go right into your calendar to do exactly what I talked about in terms of updating the digital environment. Okay, number five, how big or small is the change really? Some changes seem big, but are actually pretty small in nature, while others seem tiny, but in reality are huge. Taking a step back to investigate what the implications of the change are can help us get a better sense of its true size and scope. For example, if you move to a new neighborhood, that can feel like a major change, which in many ways it is. But for most people, the biggest impact it has at work is that your commute is different. Otherwise, work life will continue on as before, pre-COVID, when we were all going to work that is. Now, what about switching your team from Dropbox to Google Docs? You might see this as a big change from the start, but you could also see this as a pretty simple shift. But when you take a step back again, you can see that it's actually pretty significant in that it changes how you create documents, store them, share them. It raises tons of questions like, are we gonna convert our old documents from Word or Excel into Google versions? Plus, you have to inform everyone you are collaborating with outside your team about the change and make sure that they have the right versions now, too. It can become quite a major undertaking, both in terms of all those tasks to make the switch, but also in terms of the mental state people experience. I don't know about you, but I actually feel emotionally attached to the software that I use every day. It is not easy to say goodbye to it, kind of like how people joke about their phone being an extension of their body. I am such a Google Docs person that if I had to move to another platform completely, it would be emotionally painful. So don't let the size of the change on its surface fool you into thinking it will be easy or hard, long or short of a journey. Number six, are you experiencing the change alone or as part of a group? There is lots of research that says when we experience change, it's easier when we have social support and accountability. I see this with teams all the time. When a group is on a change journey, you can build off the energy of each other, which is usually good, but can become problematic if the energy turns sour. Still though, having the support of others who are on the change journey with you, who can cheer you on, who you can learn from, and who you can cheer on and role model for can make the change journey so much more manageable. Whenever possible, incorporate others into that change journey with you. Find an accountability partner or set up a community of practice. If the change is naturally happening with your team or a group, then regularly talk about it. When you create space and opportunities to talk, to normalize the ups and downs of the change journey, and to solve problems or make adjustments along the way, you increase engagement in that change experience. Collectively, you can celebrate small wins and milestones that will boost morale and create a sense of accomplishment, which will help propel the team forward. For example, let's say you're updating an internal process. After you've run the whole process once, celebrate. And talk about what was hard. Explore if something could be adjusted to make it easier the next time. Remember, the change journey isn't over until the new reality is normalized, not when the new process goes into effect. Lastly, number seven, what is your individual change tolerance? I have learned that there are people who thrive on change and people who struggle with change, and it's just part of their personality. Some people get excited about what's new, what could be better, or even just different, while others feel rooted in what's comfortable, what's constant, and what's reliable. Simply think of how some folks like to go somewhere new for vacation every year. They wanna explore something they've never experienced before, while other people love returning to the same place where they've established familiarity and routines and a comfort or ease with that place that you never get to when you're visiting just once. Neither is good or bad, they're just different. So when individuals are on a change journey, we don't all move at the same pace, despite how much we may want everyone to. And of course, people ourselves are not monolithic, we also experience each change differently, depending on all those factors I mentioned above and more. So be patient with yourself and others who may be going slower through the change journey than you'd like. And if they're moving faster than you, ask them to be patient with you since their harping on your dragging your feet won't help anything. People need time to process in their own way. As I wrap up, the last thing I'll say is that change can be framed in lots of different ways. Transition, growth, progress, learning, improvement. Be thoughtful about the words you choose because they can easily anchor people and set the tone for what's coming. The mini guide for today's episode, which I already mentioned, includes that emotional change curve and tips for each phase. It is available at themodernmanager.com slash mini To get the full guide to today's episode, which goes through each of those seven components I talked about, become a member of the Modern Manager community go to the slash join. And for $15 a month, you get episode guides and guest bonuses to help you implement the learnings from each episode. When you join, you also get access to all the previous guides and bonuses. And there are some really fantastic things in there, including the chance to win a free coaching call with prior guest Kit Krugman of episode 115 and a group mindset assessment from Ryan Godforsen of episode 114. If you just want this episode guide, you can purchase it and any other individual full guide at com slash shop. All those links are in the show notes and they're in your inbox along with that free mini guide. If you subscribe to my newsletter, go to com to get on that list. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, And join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.